Yes, Honest Actors is back with brand new episodes every Friday. To help me continue releasing new episodes without a sponsor, or to say thanks for your favourite old ones, click the support link in the episode description. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. It's a one-off, feeling generous, good deed for the day sort of thing. Think of it as bumping into me and buying me a drink. To find out more, click the support link. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Uh, yeah, mine's a large red. I hate those guys. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. So this is sort of, my name is, hi, my name is Asher Ali, and this is the Honest Actors Podcast. Hi, my name is Jonathan Harden, and you're listening to episode seven of series two of the Honest Actors Podcast, sponsored by TodayTix. If you want great offers on theatre tickets, access today seats on your mobile and exclusive front row lotteries, you need TodayTix, the ticketing app that lets you see theatre differently. To get tickets with no queues and no fuss, download TodayTix now on the App Store and Google Play. Don't forget, if you enjoyed this episode or have enjoyed previous episodes of the podcast, to leave a rating and a review on iTunes. Also, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at Honest Actors, like the page on facebook.com forward slash Honest Actors, and you can also view some blogs and sign up for the mailing list at www.inanything.com. Now though, it's time for episode seven with Arsha Ali. Enjoy. Let's start with an easy one. How did you get into acting? Oh, how did I get into it? Um, When I was sort of like 16, I was all set to do like a sports journalism. That's what I wanted to do because I'm a big football fan, big cricket fan. So that's what I was doing. But then looking back at it now, when I was sort of 15, you know, when you sort of have to pick GCSEs, I did pick drama, but I think I picked it because I, I knew it was going to be essentially a free period, which it was. But it, yeah, I mean, it must have been there because that, that was fun, like, you know, sort of coming up with little sketches and things just to make your mates laugh and then at college I decided to go with it because a lot of my friends were doing it and I just thought oh, it'd be nice to kind of because I'm doing such different things from them it'd be nice to be in a lesson with them you know so I chose drama and that's that's where it sort of started like I was quite lucky that I had a really really good teacher really really encouraging supportive inspirational teacher who sort of you know pushed me because she saw something Whereas, you know, obviously when you're sort of sat, you know, in English lit, it's sort of, you know, you don't necessarily get that voice in your ear. And it, it just wasn't as fun anymore, sitting down writing. Like, I still write now for various people, but it just, I guess it was validation at that age as well. Yeah. You know, so, if it's effortless, as it would seem to be if you're saying it was a free period, I'd say there are a lot of teenagers for whom drama isn't a free period because it's that bit where you have to stand up and talk out loud in front of your peers, right? Yeah. So, so that assumption alone says something about you that perhaps you, you, were, you were into that then at that age. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't afraid to sort of speak my mind or, you know, speak in front of people. Like, 
school for me was basically almost like stand-up comedy. That's how I survived, you know, because I, I wasn't sort of like, you know, because it was quite a rough school I went to, like, two years after I left it closed down, but not before it became like this Alcatraz. Like, it was really sort of like, I know I don't sound it now, but that's drama school that's done that to me. But like, <laughs> but it was like a sort of rough inner city school. So that was a way of surviving, because it was always sort of like, break time just meant a fight. It was just fight time. It was no like, oh, just go and sit with your mates and sort of like, you know, have fun. It was sort of like, oh, who's fighting who? So the way for me to survive was sort of being the funny guy. It took like, you outside of that. Yeah, it sort of took me outside, but also sort of kept me safe because a lot of people valued that. You know, a lot of all the big guys, or, you know, the hard guys were kind of like, oh, yeah, that, you know, that's harsh. Oh, he makes us, you know, makes us like laugh. You know, he's a really cool guy. Oh, don't mess with him, don't mess with him. So that's kind of how, like, I survived. I say so, it sounds really bad. Like, it wasn't, yeah. like, it was bad, but it wasn't, like, bad, bad. Listen, it's fair to say that at that age, in that context, uh, there was no sense of other people were becoming actors. Like, I imagine no. the school oh, no. didn't, have, no. didn't have any alumni Oof, who, who were who were famous actors. No. Likewise, I imagine, from what you're saying, there weren't any actors in your family. It wasn't like, no. I like drama, Dad's an actor, I'm obviously going to be an actor. Absolutely So not. at what point does it become something that actually is a profession, or potentially a profession? I think in the final year of college, that's where it suddenly got serious, and that's where my teacher, um, she applied on my behalf almost to East 15 Acting School. That was the only place she applied to because she knew of it and she knew of the kind of acting that I liked, that I'd sort of cottoned onto, and she knew that that would be the perfect place. So I had no idea about all these other places like RADA and Lambda and all that kind of stuff. I had no idea, absolutely no idea. So that was the only place I applied to. Didn't even think that there was a possibility that I couldn't get in. I just went for the audition, the day-long audition or whatever and just had fun, just kind of enjoyed it and prepared a few speeches, blah, blah, blah. Just all the while assuming that this is where I'm, go this is where I'm going. I'm here, I better look for a place, you know, all oh, that would yeah. be fun. And luckily I did get in. And I was like one of the youngest in the year as well. It was was it something you wanted though, in that kind of passive uh, route towards that audition, uh, and assuming you would get an offer, was there internally a sense that, is this what I want to do, I, I, an uncertainty? I don't know. I think at that point, it was fun. The whole thing was fun. It wasn't. There wasn't really seriousness attached to it. There wasn't really anything kind of like, oh, if you if you continue on this path, that's it. You know, you, you're sort of you're going to have to really go through it. I think it was just it was just fun, and it was a way of being creative. You know, without sort of having a paintbrush in your hand or, you know, being able to play an instrument. It was just a different way of being creative and obviously I had sort of a lot of stuff I needed to kind of get out and it was the perfect avenue for that. So if for you there was no seriousness attached, was it the same for your family? Did they go along in that kind of journey of, of yeah. fun or was there, a, was there a moment where they, they sat you down and said, like, are you sure you don't want to, you know, be a journalist or... No, I think because I come from quite a big family as well, it's, it's sort of easy to kind of not get lost, but it's kind of, it's, it's a big family, you know, it's kind of, oh, what's so-and-so doing, what's, you know, what's so by the time they'd realised that, whoa, 
he's moving out and he's going he's to live in Essex. Yeah, like he's, he's, in, he's gone. He's gone. You know, so, <laughs> so by that time, I think they'd kind of gone, oh, right, he's serious about it. But I think the fact that letters that were being sent home were addressed from the University of Essex, I think my mum just sort of went, oh, right, yeah, yeah, no, because he's at university. You know, this, this is actually a degree. You know, I mean, to me, it was, what, a degree? Like, I've never once ever said to someone, oh, yeah, I've got a degree in that. Who, who would do that? So I don't normally ask questions about drama school, and this will be the first time, because I think, oh, I think well, I'm not going to ask. <laughs> let, me, let me ask the question first, all right, before you start doing that. Um, because I think it's fascinating, the idea of somebody being in drama school and the whole thing mm. being fun. So the question is, um, does it shift when you meet your peers? Or if it doesn't shift when you first enter, at what point do you start to think, oh, this is a, there is seriousness attached to this? Or, or do you still think, no, it's just <laughs> I all think, you? I think it got worse when I met my peers. <laughs> I, think every, sort of, I think everybody was there and it felt like a massive jolly. And then it suddenly got serious sort of in the last two months of the three years. I think that's when sort of everyone went, Oh right, yeah. Shit, this is this is what we're doing. Oh, oh man. Oh, you know that it's sort of it was that late, I think. Okay, so um, you enter into the industry, and do you remember then what was the first job? Oh god, uh, the first job. I think it was. It was a bit on trial and retribution. That's not going now. I don't think. I don't think so. No. Um, yeah, it was a bit on that. And I remember how weird it was. Because they don't tell you anything about... Like, like East 15 certainly didn't tell me anything about what it's like to be on a, on a set. It was all theatre-based, which I was glad of at the time. But like, it felt... So, so what were the big learning curve moments? Oh, the big huge learning curves, man. Like, even now, like, still, I don't know. Like, it's embarrassing sometimes because I don't... Like, if, if a DP's talking about a size and he doesn't go like that with his hands, you know, make the box in front of your face, if he doesn't do that, I don't know what the hell, what the hell, you know, the shot is. Do you know what I mean? I never sort of ever sat down and sort of asked someone that. And also, it feels like everybody else knows that and you're the only one who doesn't. So, that, yeah, I remember just turning up on that set and just being like, so seriousness, just, and enter, yeah. enter seriousness. Enter seriousness. So this, we've left. got to the point where you've been through drama GCSE, you've been through college with your mates, you've been through three years of a degree at age 15, yeah. you get your first job in trial and retribution, and you realise, holy shit, this is a real thing. People, yeah. this is serious. So was there, was there a tension there? Were you, were you the guy, were you still trying to be the funny guy in, in the playground? Or did you just instantly settle into, uh-oh, I better get my act together. Yeah, completely that. It was no, there was no time to be, to try and win anyone over with humour or anything like that. You know what I mean? That, like, that's gone. Thank God, that we wouldn't died. be having this conversation. No, 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 no. I think that whole thing kind of died right there. Buy tickets to the best theatre in London the new way. With the Today Ticks app, getting great offers and access to exclusive tickets has never been easier. With Today Ticks Rush, you won't have to queue at the box office for hours to get day seats, and you can access big savings with their lotteries for shows like Kinky Boots and The Bodyguard. Download Today Ticks, the theatre ticket app, from the App Store and Google Play, and see theatre differently. So, uh, as you'll know, we don't talk about 
a lot about jobs, Good. but I do offer people an opportunity to identify one. Um, and I always uh, say that it's, it should be one that you're most proud of. The idea of this is that we identify you for the people who don't know who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, without getting into great detail, you can let me know the kind of work or the kind of, a job you've done that's the kind of thing you'd like people to know you for or that you're most proud of. Do you mean in terms of me being in it as a selfish thing or as a whole, as in like, I'm really proud of this job because we all did You this. define it as you will. I think if I was to answer this question now, I would have two very different answers, mm-hmm. probably along the lines that you're talking. So if you mm-hmm. want to, I'll bend the rules because they are my <laughs> nice. rules. Good. And I'll allow you to then. Okay. Um, I think personally the most satisfying thing I've been in was a thing called complicit and the reason why because it was TV that took time TV doesn't take time anymore TV doesn't enjoy stillness it doesn't enjoy air it doesn't enjoy lack of dialogue and exposition so that for me even though the role wasn't necessarily the most you know sort of forward-thinking role in a way because essentially it was a guy like, is he or is he not a terrorist? And I don't like being associated with anything like that. But there was something in that job that sort of, I saw an opportunity and there was a certain ambiguity, ambiguity in that role that I thought, oh, I could, you know, spin it and also enjoy just being in something where there's a conversation for about 15 minutes. Just me and another actor, we're just sitting down talking and cameras are on. Like for me, that's heaven. Like as soon as, it, if I'm on a job and I know that we've got some sit down talky scenes, I, oh man, I love it. It's so much fun though. And, and I know it sounds like it's just so much fun for the actors, but when you watch it, like some of the stuff in Line of Duty, like, you know, that I, I think, yeah, that should be the second one. That the thing I've been most proud of, as in like the whole thing and being a part of it, just a small part of it was Line of Duty, like that is another show where people sit down and they talk and it's just fascinating. Okay, um, so moving on then, we'll never speak about work again. Yeah, good. Um, we will, however, speak about the process by which we get work, so auditions. We're currently sat in Spotlight. Yes, um, actually I need to renew my Spotlight, so it's a good way. <laughs> yeah, good reminder, that's why we yeah. had it. <clears throat> I mentioned your name and they were like, oh, him. Oh yeah, him, yeah, yeah he never yeah. pays. Yeah. Uh, well, no, it's kind of, I suppose the question is, do you, do you enjoy coming to this building? Do you enjoy the process of, you know, going in, checking in, sitting outside a room, waiting, and then going in and doing a bit of acting? No, I just feel like it's the worst way of getting quite an important department sorted. Like, why, like by that logic, why aren't we testing us, you know, sort of bringing a sound guy in here and getting him to record a mug hitting a table and seeing if he's done it right. Do you know what I mean? Like, why, why, I don't know, it's, a, it's, a, it's such a strange thing. It's different when you're given a fair crack at something. And I think my definition of a fair crack at something is you're given the material in enough time. <laughs> it's not secret, it's not NDA attached, all this kind of a la mode stuff, you know, this vogue stuff of everything being secret. It can be like a rubbish, like TV procedural sort of cop drama. And 
they'll, they'll sort of withhold everything. And I don't understand why you do that. Like, it's, you're not giving an actor a fair chance. It's sort of... My thing at the minute is whenever you put confidential on a script. Yeah. And I think... Because I tell any, all my mates. If there's anything... Also, if I'm on the way to an audition here, I have to get the tube. Yeah. I would like to read that script on the tube, but I can't take it out if it's stamped confidential. Because mm-hmm. the one thing that will make me and everybody else on public transport take interest in a document yeah. is massively written all over yeah, every page confidential. Because yeah. instantly you go, oh, what's that? Whereas if it didn't work confidential, yeah. no one would care. Everybody exactly. in the tube would assume that's an actor, that's probably a shit part in a shit show, and I have no interest in it. <laughs> Market confidential, however. Yeah, like, who? Who's this guy? Wait, I know him. I've seen him in something. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, it's, it's funny. Like, I, I can't think of a single time where I've enjoyed an audition. So have you ever come out thinking, it went well? I, I wasn't looking forward to that, but you know what? I did okay. Never. Really? So you go in going, this is going to be terrible. You leave going, this is going to be terrible. And then the phone call comes to offer it. And you're like, oh, that's a surprise. I was terrible. It, yeah, they do tend to be surpri- surprises. I guess it's, I get, it's a funny one because it's the ones that you really want to do that you don't end up doing. And the ones you don't care about are the ones that are, you know, the phone call comes in for. But no, I never go in and go, oh, yeah, smash that out of the park. Eat that. You surely can't choose anyone else. No, I never, I never really. So do you come that. out and agonise, or do you just come no, out and not, draw no, no, no way, man, no way. I think sort of in the first year of doing all that, first couple of years, I used to do that. I used to beat myself up quite a lot. Like I squandered a lot of really good opportunities early on. Like really, really squandered them, but only because I didn't know what I was doing, and I still don't know what I'm doing. So what do you mean when you say squandered? You mean not prepared? No, no, just not sort of been savvy. I guess. Like an audition is more than just reading the lines. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, it is, it, it is. An audition is more than just giving your reading of the character. It's kind of the off stuff as well. Like, you know, oh, how charming are you? Oh, you know, how lovely do you look? You know what I mean? It's kind of, there's a lot of stuff that are, that's around it that you can kind of work on in a really cynical way. Like, I don't know, brush your hair. Like, for me, like, I'm allergic to brushes. When I talk to other actors who are a little bit more, I don't know, what's the word, like, high profile or whatever. Yeah. I always make a point of sort of trying to get, extract from them, like, what they've, what, you know, what their kind of, not what their process is, but what they're like. What, do they do anything different? Yeah. It just basically sounds like, half the time, if you go in and you're an absolute, uh, see you next Tuesday you get the job because you've you've sort of done something other than reading the lines well you've left something in the room you've you've sort of done something to them so um, on the th- other side of that when you've gone out you've waited for two days five days two weeks sometimes a month and you've got a call to say listen uh, it hasn't gone your way mm-hmm classic industry. Yeah, it didn't uh, go your euphemism. way. Yeah, your exactly. Way. Um, what's the most ridiculous feedback you've ever been given? Oh, God. Uh, or is there a refrain that you often hear that you think, well, oh, not that again? I guess a lot of the time it's always, um, oh, no, he's not. Yeah, we really, we really like him. He's great. 
but he's just not got the profile that we want. Uh, That's happened a few times where I've kind of gone like, well, well how, how do you get the profile if someone isn't willing to kind of roll the dice? Profile? Profile, horrible. That's what I mean. It's really like there's this... My, my whole perspective on this whole industry has changed. In a, in, for the good, it feels like, because now you can sort of see it for what it is. You can see the CD sort of under, underbelly of it. It's a great industry, like, don't get me wrong, like, you know, I love it, but you, you need to see some of the ugliness and some of the kind of cynical, more cynical aspects of it and just see them for what they are and kind of remain philosophical about it. I don't know. Like, okay, well then... <laughs> Um, do you have people you consider rivals, like you people who you walk into, say, here in Spotlight, you're sitting outside and you see someone sit down and you think, oh, for sake, not him again. Or do you see a name on a list and think, oh, he'll get it? No, I don't ever see, I don't ever see people where I sort of feel threatened. I don't know, it, it's strange, like that whole thing of feeling threatened or feeling like you're going to lose a job to a name on a list. I'd, I've never, ever had that kind of mentality it's always kind of but then it's weird as well being an Asian actor because obviously the pool is a lot smaller so you're really only ever in the jacuzzi with three other people do you know what I mean like that that's it's a jacuzzi yeah of Asian actors it pretty much is it pretty much is like that would be a really awkward yeah (laughs) jacuzzi session um there's a short film in that there is it's a really really painful comedic short, short film in that yeah 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 so um, stepping out of the jacuzzi <laughs> when you get the call and you get the gig um, mm. do you start to panic about things as soon as I get that call then I start getting the shovel out and just smash it into that script and start digging that's that's where it sort of becomes like you know you're there and you're ready to, to run the 100 metres and that's the gun that, you know, has just been fired. And now you can get on with it. It's not like, oh, no, should I run? Do I want to run? Oh, maybe I can't run anymore. You know what I mean? It's kind <laughs> yeah. of like, no, I'm ready. You, you know, yeah, you you've put given like me that, the green sounds, light. It sounds ridiculously self-indulgent, actually. <laughs> you give me the green light. Let's go. Yeah. Let's do this. Like, thank you for getting the, the worst part of the job out of the way. Uh, do you believe in big bricks? Have you ever felt like you've been in the midst of one? I've not been in the midst of one, I don't think. But Have I you do. felt like it at the time? Like, say, for example, Line of Duty. You get Line of Duty, you think, oh, shit, this is going to open doors, Archer. This is oh, no, for me, you're talking yeah. about, personally. Oh, yeah. no, 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 no. But I, I believe in them because, obviously, that, that's the way the industry works. You have, you know, someone who can just come from nowhere, you know, and explode because they've made a couple of good decisions and they've committed to whatever they were doing and the stars have aligned... And yeah, I believe in that. So good decisions implies an element of control there. And a lot of people I've spoken to have have kind of dismissed Mm -hmm. the idea that we have any control over what we do. So that's that's significant. Just the very fact that you you identify that as being being part of a big break is a series of good decisions. What do you mean by that? I'm only talking personally. For me, the decisions are in, do I want to be a part of this? This particular possibly stereotypical work. Do so you've always made decisions like that. Yeah. For, since since you graduated, you oh, said yeah. already you don't want to be you know part of like those kind of parts which are basically Asian guy playing a terrorist. Yeah. Um, so that must limit 
Yeah. Given the industry and the way that you said isn't always forward thinking in terms of the roles that you know people give or that are created for actors in your particular hot tub, mm -hmm. um, that's it's got to limit things hugely for you. So how do you Massively. how do you reconcile that? Does it make do you, do you, does it ever become difficult? And you think fuck, I'll maybe do this one terrorist because I need to pay bills. No, I mean I'm, I hate to reduce it. Down yeah, to yeah, that, no, but that's, but that's, that's no, kind of you the say reducing it, but that's what it essentially is like for, yeah that's what that's what kind of happens like the, I'll, I'll go weeks and weeks and weeks weeks and weeks and weeks without a single phone call or single anything because you know my agent at the, at, you know who I'm with they'll they'll know that that's a waste of time don't even don't even email don't even bother it. but there's so much of it and there's so many other people who are willing to do it so why are you not willing to do it? Like why, what, what, I mean for me when I moved to London I, I, I for, for various reasons said I didn't want to play priests and terrorists. Mm -hmm. And it was less political for me and more to do with career. Like I didn't want to just yeah. play Irish guys. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? Um, so, I mean why, in your case, why not terrorists? I think it was, it, it was actually David Yellow who gave me a really good quote because he was sort of going through the same thing at the time as well. He, you know, he basically said, just be part of the solution and not the problem. And that meant don't do those roles. Try and stay away from them and try and do the opposite. And I think that's, that's, that's like the, the perfect advice to give to any sort of, what do they call it, BAME? Actor, you know that kind of. How do you feel? Acronym. How do you feel about that? Because I, I can't acronym. use it. Yeah, it's horrible. Like I've read a script, and uh, it was, you know, it was a good script, and then it came to the to the part, and hitherto it had been like, you know, Tony, uh, white, twenties, good looking, and then it came to this character, and all it said was B A M E in brackets next to the name. That's it. And it, the character was black and minority ethnic. As in, we Rude. just need anyone for this. Just, yeah, just this is our token. Might have well been called token. Exactly. You know, and it's like, wow. It, you know, it's, get this out of my hands. I don't ever want to see it. Do you find yourself, do you ever, I mean, um, I'm assuming, this is my ignorance, so forgive it uh, for what it's worth, but I, I always think it's important to ask the questions. Um, do you find yourself reading for many leads where the ethnicity is not defined, or are we not at that stage yet? I'm not convinced we're at that stage yet. Um, we're not there. Like an agent, obviously, will, you know, want to push you and want to put you forward for things that are different, of course. And a casting director, if they've got the license to, they'll want to bring in anyone they want to bring in. Yeah. And that's a perfect world on that side but there's just not enough of it. Like that's a very sort of rare occasion. The further you happens. get towards the people who make the decisions, yeah. the less imagination there yeah, seems but, to be. Yeah, and also there's a, there's a huge sort of absence of writers who are from those particular backgrounds who are writing about things that aren't overtly informed by their upbringings. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So like, I see things like there was a thing on TV about honour killings and that just makes my heart sink 
but then a lot of but then there's also a positive way of looking at that as in like that's and uh, you know a young asian writer who's got you know one sort of you know he's got a foothold there so surely you know hopefully he'll start to move away from that and you know whatever but when i see things like that it really really makes me think oh god it's sort of one step forward one step backwards what's the longest you've gone without work this uh you've actually caught me at the perfect time because i've just done a job but before that i'd been out for over a year and i mean it's hard to to know exactly but how much of that do you think is down to the fact that you are exercising a political choice over the parts that you play i think it's probably 70 30% 30% on my side uh, yeah i mean that was you know that was siberia and then some right like that was i was completely unprepared for that like massively unprepared for that because you'd had a fairly good few yeah, years leading um, up to that yeah but also i knew that there was you know gaps of months you know between things mm-hmm. but that was my own choice i've decided not to star in some film where bruce willis punches me in the face or you know i'm some bad guy in spooks you know what i mean like i i stay away from that so you're going to have to sit on your hands yeah that's that's the choice you've made so well, you, you, you know but you don't expect it to be that long yeah i didn't expect it to be that long but that was sort of the phone completely stopped and what goes through your head i mean <clears throat> is it a do you get to the point where you start thinking my agents fall out with me do you get to the point where you start thinking <laughs> words got around people think i'm an absolute see you next yeah. tuesday I mean, <laughs> what 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 i mean in that course of that year where do you go with your anxieties where do they take you i think you have I, i think i'm better equipped to deal with something like that now than i would be 5 years ago you you must still yeah have moments where you're like this is it I am never going to act again. Yeah. I remember being around actors quite early on and they would say things like that to you. Like older actors. Like they'd sort of go like, "Oh, you know, enjoy it. Enjoy it. Really enjoy it because you know this could be the last one." And feeling like, "What are you talking about? And it worked forever and ever and ever." But you appreciate it because obviously you're not living in the moment, you're not enjoying it, you're not sort of thinking like Bloody hell, you know, am I actually am, I don't know when the next job's going to come. I have no idea. Why not just completely enjoy this one and fully be in it and not think two steps ahead. But that's easy to do when you're working. Yeah, of course that's easy to But do when you're working. But you're not working and you don't know where the next job's oh, coming yeah. from. Oh, yeah. When you're not working and you don't know where the next job's coming from, you you start reading the secret, start believing in the law of attraction. <laughs> you start just you, you find anything find anything to kind of like do you think about giving up never never no i don't know how to do anything else what's the most difficult thing about being an actor uh convincing other people sometimes that you're an actor <laughs> as in like oh what, what what have you been in i hate that that's probably the worst question ever i hate that question oh uh, what do you do for a living Uh, I'm I'm an actor. All oh, right, what have you what have you been in? Oh, just go and die. That's it. It's kind of just get it out of the way quick. 
Yeah. But it it it, it is. Do you, do you have do you have a lot of awkward. friends? You have a lot of friends that aren't actors. Pretty much all my friends aren't actors. And does that mean then they've got to the point now where they they know that they they know sometimes you're working sometimes yeah, you're yeah, not. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they get surprised. Like, I, I met up with a really, really good friend recently uh, who's living in London now, but we, we're sort of besties since we were three in Nottingham. And, even, you know, I told him about the year that I'd had out because I'd sort of withheld that information. But I told him about it, and, you know, it's still sh- shocking and surprising, like a whole year. Like, wow. We talked a bit about uh, that idea of during that year... I asked, have you considered giving up? And, mm-hmm. you know, you, like a lot of people have said, well, you don't, there's nothing else that's obvious to you. Mm-hmm. Um, have you had friends, say from East 15, who have given up? Uh, yeah. Are we talking a lot of people? A lot. But that's, that sort of goes with East 15 in a way, because it's a great drama school, but obviously in terms of, you know, the league table, the Premier League of of drama schools, it's maybe in the relegation zone or just above it, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's terrible, that's, that's awful. Like a lot, of, a lot of actors who I would consider, you know, are just in a different league to me, amazing, aren't, aren't doing it anymore from my year. They're not doing it. Why is that? Because, no, I, I don't know, nobody, nobody came to the showcase, they didn't feel like they necessarily had. Uh, maybe, maybe they didn't have the the wherewithal to sort of really chase it. I don't know. I don't so, know. So, I mean, I'm gonna. This is gonna be a really difficult question, and I'm sorry for asking it, but it's thrown itself up, so I'm, I'm seizing it uh, with Go both ahead. hands. If those guys, and you may just be being kind, uh, are people who you think are much much better than you are or certainly had a more instinctual natural ability or whatever yeah um, if they weren't able to get there why did you get there I got lucky how important is luck hugely in my last year at drama school I my photo because that's when you sort of get put on spotlight towards the end they sort of register you with spotlight and then you're there I must have turned up in some search with the casting director. You know, she she found she obviously found me and suddenly thought, yeah, this guy. And she put me in touch with agents. So I instantly had a great in, and that was just unheard of at, at East 15. But it, all purely luck, you know, just luck. We've established, I think, earlier in the interview that it's harder. You said that you know, there's a smaller pool of Asian actors, but there's also a lot less work. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to be selective, then it makes it a hell of a lot more difficult for you. Mm-hmm. Do you think at that very early selection phase, there was any advantage for you in standing out and being different because of your ethnicity? Massively so. Massively so. And I think, I even remember one of the uh, teachers at East 15 telling me that, pulling me to one side and sort of saying like, you know, it, it will work both ways. She told me, you know, it w- it'll work both ways, but right now, you know, it's a, it's a really, favorite. really positive thing. Yeah. And, you know, re- don't, don't give up, as in like, get, get past these first few mm-hmm. things, you know, because it's a good and bad thing, but hopefully there'll be more good than bad. But, man, a- actors just anyway, 
You know, it's hard, isn't it? Do you do you consider yourself successful? You knew that was coming. We talked about it before I started press. I press record. You knew that I knew, was, yeah, I knew it was coming. coming. Um, I'm gonna say no, because you know what the next question is as well, which yeah. is uh, if you know that 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 guy who turned up to audition for Ace Fifteen, assuming he would get in, and he's a confident kid on that basis. If you were to show him your CV, yeah, um, in his naivety, might he think doing pretty good? Yeah, he would completely. Completely, he would. Do you think that'd be naive, Phil? I think it would, yeah. At the time, at that time, he'd think, "Yeah, this is great." Um, the kind of last question before the last question. I think they call it the penultimate question. Yeah. And educated circles. Uh, do you worry more about your health, your work, or your financial security? My health. My health. Work, financial security. Are you in anything at the minute? Oh, thank, thankfully, yes, I am. Right at this minute? Not at this minute. I'm finished. You see what happened is that, there? Is that? You see what happened there? Oh, is that not what you meant? <laughs> oh, uh, um, okay. So I'll ask it again. Are you so, in anything at the minute? Technically, no. <laughs> <laughs> technically, no. Even though I just finished filming just last week. Finished. Listen, yeah. it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Um, I really appreciate your time. Thanks no problem, much. man. Thank you. Cheers. That's it from me for another fortnight. In the meantime, keep an eye out online for the very first episode of the brand new Emerging Actors Roundtable. I'm working on that at the moment with the guys at Spotlight and we're hoping the very first step will be ready to go out in the next few weeks. Please also, like I said at the top of the episode, leave a rating and a review on iTunes if you haven't done so already and you're a fan of the podcast. Also, you can consider following us on Twitter at Honest Actors, liking the page on facebook.com forward slash Honest Actors, and you can read loads of blogs on the website at inanything.com. Like I said last time, there hasn't been some new ones for a while, but we're hoping to change that very soon. Some good news on that front in the coming weeks too. Speak to you soon. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.